Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, we've been in the Healthy Church series, so uh, part of that's being real and relational. So I'm going to be real and relational with you this morning. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous, uh, just because uh, usually when I uh, when I have this opportunity uh, to to stand up here and deliver a message. I write everything out almost word for word, so if I get nervous and confused, I can look right back and, and find where I'm at. Uh, but today, in order to, to better serve you, I wanted to challenge myself a little bit and uh, hopefully have a little bit more interaction. And I just have bullet points. They're extensive. I got two pages of bullet points, but it's better than, uh, it's a little better than 15 pages worth of typed out words. Uh, so thank you for the opportunity, and uh, and I Last time I had the, uh, the privilege of coming up here, uh, we looked at a passage, uh, it was John 15. Uh, we're going to be in the same passage today, uh, a different message, uh, a, different, uh, a whole different list here, but same passage, because as I read this, uh, two questions really jumped out at me. Uh, the first one we talked about last time was, what does it mean to abide? Uh, how does that relationship look? And then this, this next one, that uh, as he talks about fruit, bearing fruit, what is that fruit? How can we identify it? What's the concrete evidence we need that's, uh, uh, or we search for? I know that's one thing that I look for is that, that reassurance that, that I am making progress, that I am doing things right. So uh, just a little summary of the last sermon. Uh, and before we get there, this also speaks to me as, as Pastor and I were talking about this morning. Is, is, uh, I'm a plant guy. I, I grew up doing a lot with plants and trees and stuff. So, and God gives us a lot of uh, parallels with the natural world and with our spiritual walk. You know, we can, we can draw these parallels and see God can, I believe, and I know that God has actually spoken to me several times just through uh, making these connections between how a plant grows or, or how a farmer waits on a harvest and our spiritual walk, how these things are all tied together. So, uh, last time, a couple months ago when I was up here, uh, we got to talk about uh, this relationship, abide. What does it mean to abide? Well, uh, we were taught and, and that it's continuing in. We continue in that relationship. That relationship lasts. Um, but also we talked about if a branch abides in a vine, then it's getting its life from that vine. It's the sap that's flowing through there that, that we derive our life from. And also as the branch, if we're abiding in that vine, we display the life that's in that vine. A vine itself, you know, a quick glance, we can't tell if it's alive or if it's dead. But as that branch bears fruit, as it has leaves on it, we can see that there's obviously life in that vine. Uh, we talked about how Jesus makes a parallel here. He says, he is the true vine. And we pointed that back to Isaiah 5, where God says that he planted a vineyard and it grew sour grapes. But Jesus was the true vine, one that produced a harvest that brought glory to the Father. He was the true vine. We talk about how the Father is the vine dresser and how he takes meticulous care of his garden so that he would have a bountiful harvest that brings glory to himself. We talked about how we're subject to the Father's pruning, how he's going to come in and he's going to cut certain things out of our life so that we would bear fruit. Some things are good things, but they're just extra things. They don't need to be there. They're hindering us from bearing the kind of fruit that he wants. Other things might be bad things that he's just, we just need to get rid of. But it's all in an order that we can bear this fruit. And the big idea we had from that passage was that it's more about relationship. It's more about the abiding than it is about the bearing fruit. 
And even today, you know, as I'm going to speak about the fruit, it all stems back to that relationship. So what is fruit? You know, a lot of people have taught this passage, and it's, it's all about making converts. It's all about making Christians. It's about evangelism, which is true. That is part of our fruit. To, to be able to share God's word with somebody and see them come to Christ, that's, that's great fruit. But I want to look at the bigger picture here. In this context, Jesus has just spent three years with the disciples. He's taught them more than just how to evangelize. In fact, he may have not taught them how to evangelize. He spent three years with them. He taught them how to live a life that was pleasing to God. He taught them how to live. So the fruit is going to be a little bit bigger picture. It's going to be more than just evangelism. It's going to be discipleship as a whole. So let's take a look at what we can see from this passage, what it says about fruit, and what we know about fruit in the natural world. And then we're also going to back these things up with other scriptures. So we, can, we get this bigger picture of the fruit. Uh, I want to take a look. There's three main points that I want to talk about today. Some of these overlap. Uh, they, they work together. The first point that I want to look at, uh, Jesus states plainly here, as the fruit does not happen just by the branch itself. If we're the branches, we cannot just say, I want to bear fruit. It takes that relationship. It takes that abiding. Uh, you know, as, as it says in this passage here, if we go to John uh, 15, verses 4 through 6, we want to start here. It says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire. So without this attachment, we're just a stick. We're, no, we're not going to bear fruit. We need this attachment. We need that life that's in the vine to flow through us as a branch before we can even think about bearing fruit. Um, in Galatians 2.20, you know, this is a, ver a very common verse that a lot of people have memorized and put to heart. Uh, I have not, so I'm going to turn there. But, it's, uh... but Paul sums this up. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul's saying right here that he's dead. The life that he lives, and if we're talking about fruit, I'd like to think of Paul as a fairly fruitful individual. You know, he, he planted churches. He discipled Timothy and Titus and others. He, he gave his life for Christ. This was a fruitful individual, and he's saying that he's dead. There's no life in him, but the life he lives, he lives in Christ. It's that attachment to Christ that gives him the life and the ability to bear this kind of fruit. So fruit's response of what flows through the branch to play this out in our lives, are we able to forgive? You know, we have an enemy that's, that's wronged us. Are we able to forgive, truly forgive? And are we able to do that on our own? Or is it because of the realization of how much we've been forgiven? Are we able to pray for our enemies? Uh, you know, Dan stood up here this morning and was talking about uh, people that have cancer. And, and they're, hopefully, they have that relationship with Christ that brings them peace. 
Does that peace come from their own life? Or does that peace come from knowing who holds their life? Is it, uh, you know, we, we talk about the fruits of the Spirit and joy. Does that joy come from, uh, come from our own selves? Or does that come from something outside of ourselves? Because if you're, if you're walking around too joy-filled and there's nobody to share it with and it doesn't come from anybody else, you're probably just going to get thrown into the loony bin, right? Um, the second point I'd like to make, and this, this is the big one, is, is fruit is evident. It stands out. If we picture a tree, you know, it's green. Now, I'm going to revert back to trees a lot because I'm kind of a tree guy. Vines are very similar. But if we picture this tree, it's all green. As we walk up to it, say it's an apple tree. As we look at that red, ripe fruit, it stands out. There's a big contrast there between what surrounds this and the fruit that's being borne by this tree. John 15, 8, in the same passage, we can see how Jesus says that we're going to stand out. It says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear fruit, or bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. If you're going to have proof, if you're going to have evidence, there has to be an audience to prove it to, to show it to. This audience is the rest of the world that we're talking about. We are going to stand out. Our fruit's going to stand out. Jesus tells us the same thing in Matthew 7, verses 16 and 17. He says, You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. So not only can we tell what type of tree, but we can tell the state that this tree's in. We don't have to be horticultural geniuses or even horticultural talented, gifted to be able to walk up to a tree and see what kind of fruit it is. You know, if, if I'm looking at a tree and there's an apple on it, it's an apple tree. If I'm walking up to a peach tree and there's a peach on it, I know. I don't have to study the leaves and everything. I can see what kind of fruit it is. I can also see, is, it, is that fruit nice and luscious and full? Or is it warming? Is it scabbed up? You know, what, what's going on with this tree? It's going to tell us a lot about the health of the tree just by the fruit. So now it, we can see it. It stands out. Picture that red ripe apple on a tree. How much it stands out. Paul tells us the same thing. We go to that passage that everybody uh, thinks about when they think of fruit. The, the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5. But I want to go back farther. Instead of starting at 22 where the fruits of the Spirit are, go to uh, Galatians 5, chapter, or I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 19. And Paul gives us this clear picture of what it looks like in the world, how we are to stand out. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. 
And I want to keep going here. Verse 24, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We were just talking about it this morning in the forge. Doesn't this first part of this sound like our world? How we're envious of one another, how we're provoking one another, how we're, we're this political party saying that this political party is all wrong and they're trying to get us to choose sides. They're trying to divide us. They're trying to, to get us to seek after our own passions and our own desires. That's what the world is, is trying to conform us to. But how often do we run across the people that are showing the fruit of the Spirit? And it's a singular fruit. It's that we can't pick and choose that I just want to be good today, but I'm not going to be faithful. Or I want to show some of these characteristics, but I'm going to throw self-control out the window. No, all these play out as a singular fruit that we're to display. And there's a huge contrast there. We can't be good and try to divide people. We can't be gentle and have fits of anger. You know, there's a vast contrast there, which we are called to display as Christians. If we go back, we look at verse 24 here. He says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And this goes back to that first point that we made. That if we've crucified our flesh, we have put our flesh to death. We're starting, we're living in the power of Christ. We're not doing it on our own. We're doing it through the power of Christ. We cannot give up these first, this first list here on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to do it. So these fruits not only show us, they identify us. They not only show us how we're living, what kind of fruit we're producing, what kind of tree we are. They identify us, but it's in relationships they identify us. One of the, uh, the big points that I wanted to make here today with, with the, that is the, this relationship. You know, we talked in the, uh, in the first message I delivered on this passage, how, uh, how the vine dresser, the father, how he moves us. He puts us in the proper place that we can bear fruit. That's this environment that the branch needs to grow fruit. We've been in a healthy church series. We're talking about real, relational, and reproductive. Okay? Relational. That's the proper environment to bear fruit. We need that relationship with Jesus, like this passage is all about. Abide. We abide within Jesus. That's our number one relationship. But our second one is that we have to be in relationship with others. We talked about... Uh, and in the forge this morning, we talked about being fruit inspectors. We can't inspect fruit if we're not in relationship. We need to be in close proximity. One thing that uh, this thought that, that came to my mind, uh, and some of you guys will understand this a little more than others, but we're all, we've all heard the term pollination, right? Um, without going into a big plant biology lesson, you have flowers. And this is one of these pictures that God has put on my heart because I can relate to this. But you have flowers. In order for a flower to become a fruit, you know, you see flowers on a tree, that ultimately becomes a fruit. Pollination has to take place. 
And it's not a singular event. The pollen from this flower has to be transferred to the pollen in this flower. And vice versa. These flower is not going to pollinate itself. It has to go crossways. Okay? That pollen can be like the circumstances we face in life. The good and the bad. What we're learning. How we're growing. What's wrong. How can I help you through this? As we share with one another, that's like pollen that's, that's being transferred to maybe Matt from me. And maybe from Matt to Pastor Lee. And, and, and it keeps going. And it's through those circumstances that shape us, that mold us, that we learn how to bear fruit. Okay? This has to take place. It has to be in relationship. So we need that relationship, and then we inspect the fruit. That also takes relationship. I want to, you know, another picture that, that we can look is if we plant a tree up here at the schoolyard, and we stand out front, and we look, we can see that tree. From this distance, we see a tree. We have no idea what kind of tree it is. But as I start to walk closer to it, maybe I can see the branches sagging. Well, it's, maybe it's a fruit tree. As I get closer, I start to see a little red dots. Well, okay, it's obviously some kind of fruit tree. Now, I still don't know what kind of fruit it is. I just know it's a fruit tree. As I grow closer, I can see, okay, it's an apple tree. Man, I could really go for an apple right now. But it, it's just a wild apple tree. It's probably full of scab, probably real tiny fruits, not good. And I get closer and I say, well, maybe that is a good fruit. Ah, it's probably full of scabs and worms. Well, now I'm, I'm here closer. That apple looks pretty good. I don't see scab. I don't see... I've inspected the fruit. But you know how close I had to get to that tree to inspect the fruit? If we look at this passage here, I had to get close enough to that fruit. I had to get close enough to that branch to see the scars where the vine dresser has pruned it before. That's how close we need to be in relationship. We need to be doing life together in order to get that picture to inspect that fruit. The last point that I want to make about, uh, about this fruit is a fruit always has a purpose. And that purpose is always bigger than the branch that's bearing the fruit. You know, an apple tree, as it grows and it produces an apple, that apple doesn't do that tree any good. It's meant to cast it off. Just like we, as we bear fruit in our lives, we're meant to cast it off. It's for the good of others. We can go through a lot of lessons about, that, that I can think of about this fruit, how the potential it has to do bigger things. I think of a, uh, an acorn and its potential to, to produce a massive tree. Our fruit has that potential as well. But it has a purpose. And for the fruit that we want to bear, the spiritual fruit, its purpose is always to glorify the Father. If we go back again to John 15, 8. It says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear fruit. Now we can bear fruit in a lot of different things, or what the society, the world would call fruit. But is your fruit, is our fruit glorifying to the Father? Does it come from a relationship with Christ? Fruit carries seeds. It's, uh, that's how trees reproduce. This is another thing we talked about in the forge. You were talking about seeds and they germinate. Uh, 
I think this, this analogy here can kind of, kind of sum that up. We're not meant to keep our fruit, neither of the trees. It's eaten by the animals or they germinate into new plants. As we bear fruit in our lives, it's attractive. It draws people to us. That red, that contrast shows out, shows up. It, it brings people to us. They want to know what that fruit's all about. And as it has the potential to bear seeds, the seeds that the Father's looking for, the fruit that the Father's looking for out of our lives carries the seeds of the gospel. It carries the seeds of the good news of Jesus Christ saving us. Okay? If somebody gets close enough and they take from our fruit that we're producing and it has the seeds of the gospel in it, that seed may germinate in their heart. It may start a new shoot. As it starts to grow, that may be the plant that's starting to grow that the vine dresser is going to snip and graft into the true vine. Okay? That's, that's one of the big things in horticulture is the grafting. We, we hear about that in God's word, that we as Gentiles are grafted into the true vine. And it all starts from seeds that are planted when we bear fruit from the Christian life. So in closing, you know, I want to say the fruit is many things. Is it the fruit of the Spirit? Yes. It is love and joy and peace and patience and all those things that play out in our life. Is it discipleship? Absolutely, we're commanded to do those things. Is it evangelism? Yes. Discipleship has to have a place to start. Ultimately, fruit is the proof in our lives that we're following Christ. Fruit is the impact of Christ and the Holy Spirit in our lives, through us, that impacts those around us. That's what fruit is. It's the, the, the outflowing. It's the proof. It's the life in the true vine that flows through us that impacts the world around us. So we have a lot of questions, you know, I always want to ask. This is one of the things I took the shape test, and I need that confirmation. I want to know, am I bearing fruit? Well, all of us, I think, want to know that on some level or another. The best way to do that is get in a relationship and ask. Get close enough to someone. Be real. Be relational, like we talked about with the healthy church. Am I bearing fruit? Where do you see me bearing fruit in my life? And, and as we get close, we shake some of that pollen out. We share that pollen with somebody else, and it will bear fruit. So as, uh, as Dan, you want to come up and pray for us to close out? Um, like I said, I also want to encourage everybody here. Uh, another just a quick analogy that I bring from the plant world is we all go through times of stress. We all go through hard times. Uh, it's been my experience to see that a lot of times when a plant is stressed out, and as it sees its way to the end of that stressful period, that's when it grows the most. That's when it bears the most fruit. Abundant crops of fruit usually come right after a stressful period. And it's the same way with us. As we struggle, as we go through trials, as we work in relationship with one another, we shake that pollen off, and we have the potential to grow great fruit.